This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Oh, man, that hesitation. And then Space Invaders comes in. That's a new intro. Welcome, everybody, to Morning Breath. It's a beautiful Tuesday, October 1st. We welcome you to the program. Uh, taking time out of your busy day is a blessing to us, and being part of the Morning Breath family is important to us. Morning Breath is a drive-time devotion, sure to jumpstart your day. What we do is take a chapter of the Bible. We read it, spend some time uh, just asking Jesus to speak to us, speaking back to the Lord. Not talking back, but speaking back. Don't want to talk back to Jesus, that's for sure. Though I probably am guilty of that a few times in my life. But uh, then we just, you know, spend some time with the Lord, and then we come down to the studios here at the Merritt Island Campus East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter, hence the name Morning Breath, because every word of God is God-breathed. My co-host today is Pastor Brian Moore. How are you doing, Pastor Brian? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Got your Moab, Utah hat on, huh? Moab, Utah. It's a fun yeah. place to be. It is. I took these guys, both of these guys with me there. Both of these guys. Which guys on radio? We it's got, hard for them to tell. Well, we got a we got a radio engineer and a radio extraordinaire. We have two um, guys in the studio with us. We have Lane Branham and we have uh, Nick Clemenson. Yep. And uh, thanks for being here, boys. Thanks for uh, growing up in the Lord and uh, doing some incredible things. It's been awesome to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And so they went to U- Moab, Utah with you, right? We did. We took, a, we took a, a boys, uh, yeah, I guess they were probably 13, 14 years old, and now they're Holy grown moly. 20-year-olds at least. And uh, we went on an excursion. It was a discipleship trip where we mountain nice. biked and rappelled and just had a blast um, just being guys and, uh, and learning some things about each other and learning the Word and did some study in the morning, study at night, and uh, just had a blast during the day. And Beautiful. Came back with some sore muscles and uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit bolder, uh, you know. Yeah. Climbing off the uh, perfectly good hill uh, with a <laughs> rope is a little bit exciting, I think. <laughs> good deal. Well, anyway, good to have you. Tell the folks how to get involved in Morning Breath. Yeah, right on. There's a few ways you can get on board with our show. Uh, we'd probably recommend first maybe go to our website or to our app. If you've never done, downloaded the East Coast app, this is a ministry of East Coast Christian Center. And so if you download the East Coast app, either at the Google um, store or the uh, the app store, you can do that. And uh, there's a link on our website. Uh, it says Morning Breath there. It'll tell you the chapters that we're headed towards. And like Pastor Dan said, we take a chapter every day and we read it on the air and you can find out where we're at. And so you can tune in and uh, be a part of the show with us. You could also call our church office, mm. 321-452-1060. And I uh, leave your pertinent information there. We can email you or we can snail mail you a copy of uh, our devotion guide and get you connected. The Word of God will change your life. And yep. uh, we'd love for you to get in it with us. We'd love to have you. Reading along, that's really our goal. It's just one of the ways you can get in your Bible and study every day. Every day you're able to get in there and do it. So we're on several times in the morning and once in the afternoon. And so that makes it available for a lot of people that way too. Yeah, you can get a podcast even if, yeah. you, uh, if you miss a show and you want to go back and maybe you have a favorite chapter and you want to hear something about it. Yeah. I'm sure you could find it. We've been through some chapters in, re- in the years. Yeah, one or two. Bunch. Maybe through the Bible 10 times or something. I don't know. It's been 15, 16, 17 years. I don't even know how long. Anyway, so let's get in into it, huh? With a couple of announcements or? Yeah, you want to do some announcements? Yeah. We've got, we got a couple of things going on as a church. Uh, East Coast Christian University is a university we have here for uh, those that would be wanting to develop, uh, maybe and grow a little bit in their in their knowledge of the Word or maybe get into ministry. Uh, we have ministry tracks. We have a theology track. And that starts on Thursday evenings. There's new classes starting this week. And so yep. maybe you jump right in. You can audit those. You can be a part of the university either way. And uh, learn and grow in the in the Word of God. It's Thursdays at 7 p.m. here on the Merritt Island campus. And yep. 
Um, you know, we got a night of worship coming up um, this Wednesday night, which is, I guess, tomorrow night. Um, yes, it cool. is. Uh, first Wednesday, we try to do that. We try to take some time and worship Jesus together with all of our campuses and just bring everybody in. And so we invite you to come. Come and worship with us. It'd be a great time. It'd be wonderful. And then something huge coming up is the Florist Conference, and that's going to be October 11th and 12th. That's a women's conference. And if you're 16, year old woman up to whatever age woman you're welcome you're part of flourish and you're part of the sisterhood they have some incredible things planned for that event they got some cool uh, gifts and that so if you would uh, be interested go on our website eccc.us backslash events and you could sign up there for the flourish conference it's going to be an incredible conference you'll love it yeah, if you're a gal yeah if you're a girl yeah. Yeah. come girl, on check it out girls only girls only yep all righty Let's get in here. we got a chapter to read, and uh, it's not huge, but it's not small. I'm going to read the first 18 verses. That splits it right in half, I think. And you can read the last 18. we got 36 verses in the chapter. Uh-huh. You did read Matthew 14, right? Yeah, of course. That's okay, good. Good. We're in the same chapter. That's always positive. i got a New positive. Living Translation, though. What do you got over there? i got New King James. I should never even ask that you question. You shouldn't bother to ask, because I always have New King James. How about if I get you started? I'll do it. I say to you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. At that time, Herod, the Tetrarch, heard the reports about Jesus and said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. Therefore, these powers are at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of John, bound him, and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had said to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Therefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. So she, having been prompted by her mother, said, Give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given her. So he sent and had John beheaded in present. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, And she brought it to her mother. Then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, do not, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. But he said, Bring them here to me. Then he told the people to sit down in the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About five thousand men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night, Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus called, or Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter, came, or then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's, if it's really you, tell me to come out 
um, come out to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went, went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong winds and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they, exp- they exclaimed. After, after they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gen- Genesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. Ah, uh-huh. men, new living. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like the word insisted. Verse 22, um, I, I believe it said that, that the way yours translated was Jesus insisted. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good word because, you know, mine says made, but if you look at the footnote for it, the word made is, uh, is actually strongly uh, invited or strongly urged. And uh, that's really the picture. And if you look at this in other Gospels, you see that they were, they had to really be kind of pushed into this boat. Yeah. Now, there were sailors involved in this process, fishermen, guys who fished for a living, spent their life on that lake. And I don't think they thought it looked good. Yeah. You know, I think they, they could foresee in the natural through their, through their skill that it was going to be a stormy night. And this is basically at, at evening. It's just getting dark, and they get in the boat, and we understand that, that Jesus comes walking on the water, what does it say, the fourth watch of the night? Yeah, mine says 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's 3 to 6 a.m. The fourth watch is 3 to, it starts at 3, ends at 6, it's three-hour sets. So, yeah, this, this is not a good trip at all. It's funny, actually. I, I, I think <laughs> about, funny. you know, Jesus tells you to do something, and you think, okay, this is going to work out nice. Yeah, you know, Jesus like, told me. He told me to go, and uh, you get out there, and now you know, everything's breaking loose and you're like, what in the world are we going to do with this? Like how, how in the world are we going to do this? Uh, and in their natural mind, I'm sure they had skill sets that would keep them alive at yeah, least, you know, they were alive. not much more than that. <laughs> then they see a ghost out on the water and that probably, you know, yeah. scared the tar out of them or something else maybe. Yeah. Uh, but just holy moly, you know, like, what are you going to do? You're out there trying to you just literally make it there alive. And right. here comes a ghost and, you know, they cry out what in the world, you know? And then Jesus, you know, uh, comforts him and all that. But, you know, going back to what you said, Pastor Brian, about, you know, God says it, so you think it's going to be smooth. But the truth of the matter is the world we live in today, and uh, I shared some things on this uh, this past weekend, is uh, a lot of people think the enemy's out there doing things and God's, you know, we pray. It's like, you know, you get sick and you pray and God heals. And so that looks like the devil's in front doing it and God is responding to it. But it's not true because your healing was purchased 2,000 years ago. And so God is out in front of the devil, and the devil's trying to stop what God is doing. You know, example that you used of them, you know, go get in the boat, go to the other side. You think, oh, this is money. Jesus wants me to do it. But I thought about uh, Paul. Paul was told to go to Macedonia, uh, come over and help this guy in Macedonia. So they all pack up and go over to Macedonia. They yeah. they go to this place, looks pretty good. Yeah. They start preaching and then they get arrested, thrown in jail yeah. in the lower dungeon in stocks. Yeah. Were they beaten too in that situation? I don't remember if it was uh, they got beat there, but they got beat somewhere along the they, way. They got beat lots of times, but anyway, they're in stocks. I think they were beaten and they're locked up in the lowest prison and they're singing praise unto God. Yeah. And so they obey God, step out on what he says. The enemy tries to stop it. But what's great about it is when the enemy tries to stop what God is doing, 
uh, as they're singing praises, there's an earthquake, the whole jail shakes apart. And before it's over with, every prisoner, the jailer and his family get saved. So when the devil tries to mess you up, you can actually come out way ahead. Yeah, and maybe that practically in your own life looks maybe something like, hey, you know, I started going to a small group and, you know, man, everything always pops up on that day or that night when I'm supposed to go. And, you know, why you're getting a little bit of resistance. And I know that I was supposed to do that. And why, you know, maybe it's not God in the circumstance. Maybe he really didn't want me to do that. And we start second guessing. Come on. or you step out to give, or you step out to go on a missions trip, or you go to you step out somewhere where you feel like you've heard God say, Go and do that, and you face some resistance. It's not the time to stop. It's not time to back away. You heard God's voice. Keep plowing, keep going, you know. And you know what? There is breakthrough on the other side of that. And there was breakthrough on the other side of this. We see what happens when they get there. Wow. Uh, just incredible stuff. People Dude. bringing the sick and just touching this touching the hem of his garment, touching just any piece of him, and people are getting healed. It's incredible. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. You know, there's one thing to be healed. It's another thing to be made whole. In this, when I read this, it gets like, for example, a leper is healed, but maybe his leprosy has damaged his body. So he's not whole. When I read this, at least in my translation, it makes me think it's more than just well with the effects, maybe the damage done. It says perfectly well, which I think is a cool thing. How does it say in the in the New Living? It says all who touched him were healed. Ah, just healed, just playing. Boy, usually they you get get a little bit extra on. They there. get a little extra. We got nothing on that. You know what I thought um, <laughs> as I as I read this and uh, verse thirty two says when when they climb back in the boat. This is after Peter's mm-hmm. out on the water with yeah. Jesus. Um, you know, it says the wind stopped. The wind didn't stop when he was out on the water. Like you know, uh, that it, at least from the no, translation no, no. here, I don't know. Mine too. When they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Yeah, you know, I wonder. Um, you know, we, we talk about some of our own behavior at times, and, uh, you know, they, they were told to get out on the water and go, and um, I don't know what that looked like or how they might have got into, you know, what they were doing there, and it started, the wind started getting a little bit nasty. Peter gets out there, and he starts to, you know, he starts to uh, doubt a bit. He starts sinking, but Jesus goes, come on, let me help you with this. Even out on the water when it was crazy, yeah, yeah. Jesus walked him back, or swam back, or walked, something back. You walked, walked, they dude, walked, man. They're, they're getting back to the boat, and then it calmed down. It didn't, it wasn't immediately as he's sinking, suddenly I grab his hand and it all calmed down, right? Like, yeah. you got to even think that in the middle of the storm, your storm, whatever storm you're in today, you can walk with Jesus through that storm yeah. and get to the other side and sit down and in the boat. And when Jesus is in the boat... You know what? Some incredible stuff happened there, and the wind stopped. But you know, you get out there and you doubt, and you think, "Well, okay, Jesus got me. I'm good now." You know what? He's going to walk you through some stuff, maybe yeah. too. Even yeah. in, even in your doubt and in your mess, he wants to walk you back. Absolutely, I love it. You know, when you look at this, you've got two two things kind of competing with one another. One is your faith and trust in Jesus, and two, your fear of of the circumstances that yeah. are going on. And I think it's a real situation for so many of us in, in many situations in our life. Maybe maybe it's a financial thing, and you're looking at the re- reality of your finances, the reality of the circumstance you're in, what you're dealing with, and as you look at that, you look back at what the Word says. I'll meet yeah. all your need according to His riches and glory. And, and so you've got the fear from the financial sort of disaster that's overtaking you. On the other hand, you've, you're dealing with faith in yeah. believing God's Word, and that's what these guys did. And Jesus asked a question of you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And I think that's a question we need to answer. Yeah. I think Jesus asked those questions to help us answer them. And obviously, he got his eyes off of Jesus and on the waves and the wind. Yeah. 
And that's the key for us. And it doesn't mean you ignore your finances and don't do the right thing or, you know, just tear up your checkbook and go live in a cave or something like that. But as much as, you know, the mail is coming and the checkbook is sitting there and all that, if that is if you're competing that with reading one verse a week um, on, you know, finances, I don't think it's a fair competition. Your mind's getting bombarded by the by the wind and the waves of the financial situation you're in. You're going to need to work at getting some of that word in you. Uh, for me, you know, it, it, you put it as a screen screensaver on your phone. Okay. You know, I back in the day, three by five cards, you know, in my back pocket. And I'd be working and I'd pull one out and I'd yeah. be working and I'd pull it out. You pull that out 10 times a day and by the end of the week, you'll be able to quote those scriptures. Yeah. You know, just keep saying them over and over again and, you got to, when the wind and the waves are blowing, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus and whatever helps you do that. You know, maybe it's worship music for you. Maybe it's, a, you know, getting in a small group like Pastor Brian said, whatever it is, you're going to have to do that because uh, the wind and the waves will, will pull you under if you, if, if they'll, they'll breed, breed doubt because fear is believing something. Yeah. And faith is believing something, yeah. and they're competing. It's like the the dad that said, "God, I do or, to Jesus, I do believe. Help thou my unbelief," because he was wrestling between the two. I mean, when your kid gets thrown in the fire and falls down in the fire and has another epileptic seizure again and again and again, and it, that's a hard thing to oh, yeah. see without being full of the word. Yeah. You know, I actually know somebody really, really well. In fact, I'll just say who it is, Mike Black in Guatemala. Do you know the story of his son? I don't. Uh, his son, uh, Bart, had uh, severe epileptic seizures from the time he was born till the time he was, uh, I would guess, probably 10, 12. I, I don't know when they went to Guatemala. But Mike was, you know, talking to the Lord about going to Guatemala. And he said, God, I just, it would be so difficult to go to Guatemala with Luke. I mean, excuse me, Bart, you know, dealing with these epileptic seizures and not having the good medical treatment and all that. And uh, God healed him totally and completely and dramatically from epilepsy. And uh, that was the morning, so to speak, that they went to Guatemala to uh, to serve God there. And they've been there ever since. And that's been 30 years ago, years ago. Uh, or so. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, people don't even know. You never knew that story. I never heard it. Yeah, God completely and totally. I mean, I, I sat, I babysit Bart when he was a kid, and I've sat wow. with him in my lap while he had a grand mall. And, you know, wow. it's scary and oh, yeah. and difficult uh, to deal with, but God's a healer. Yes. And he healed him 100%. He's a gunsmith and uh, also a like a crime tech. Like, you know, you go in there and CSI, do blood work and all sorts of, you know. In Colorado now. I think, yeah, in right? Colorado. Yeah, 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 in Colorado. So he's he's uh, he's not doing the grand mall now anymore. He's doing, the, he's doing what the king of king wants him to do. That's incredible. Yeah, great yeah. story. If he'll do it for one, he'll do it for you. I agree. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's no respecter of persons. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Good stuff. You know what I um, I also liked in this chapter. I, if you don't mind me jumping, no, the section, I don't but, mind at all. Um, you know the the feeding of the five thousand. I, I think there's it's powerful. A, it's pretty incredible that you know they were like, hey, let's go buy some food. We got to get food. You know, Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, slow down a second. Like, <laughs> you know, like what would it cost even to feed five thousand? You know, 
men, you know, like, yeah. you know, you're talking about, you know, maybe 15, I don't even know the thousands of people, you know, and they're like, Hey, we're going to go get something, you know, we're going to go buy some food for them for themselves. Actually, they're not even thinking about anybody else. They're thinking about, Hey, we're going to go to the village and buy food for, it says themselves, the disciples. And Jesus said, hold on, hold on, hold on just a second here. And he was able to do with what little they could grab a hold of, what little they got in their hands is bring it, bring it here. Mm. And, um, you know, Jesus can do an incredible amount with our quote unquote limited resources, you know, our natural resources at times seem not even close to enough for whatever the big thing is in your life and you're believing for. You feel like you don't have enough, you don't have what it takes. But Jesus just says, Hey, bring it here. And he blessed it. And we know the story here is that, you know, there's leftovers and there's 12 baskets. And, you know, I'm not a leftovers guy um, typically, but I'll take Jesus' extra leftovers. That's uh, that's pretty good. Um, if if you're thinking about, you know, he's breaking bread and there's 12 baskets that are left over, I wonder what that looked like. I wonder what you know, even that tasted like, and, you know, I just, I, I see pictures of this, and you just kind of read through it, you read through 10 verses here, and you yeah, go, wow, that on. was pretty awesome, I bet, but imagine the bigness of that moment of feeding 5,000 men and their families, and with just so so little, you know, yeah. and watching that all happen, and um, Super I don't know, powerful. incredible. You know, somebody said this years ago, I don't remember who it was, but it just stuck with me, little becomes much when you give it to Jesus. Wow. The other thing about this thing is, you know what, a lot of times what we do when we have little is we curse it. We curse little. What do you mean? I, I mean by that is, you know, oh, man, if we only had more, man, I only got 30 bucks or blah, blah, blah. You just, we, we just curse what little we have. Here, Jesus took what little they had and blessed it. Well. You know, when you become thankful for the little you have, when you begin to bless the little you have, when you begin to take the little you have and apply it the way or use it the way or, or, or I'm going to say a crazy word here, give it the way God wants you to, to handle it, then little can become much because you're actually keeping it in the hands of Jesus. When you curse your little, you're ripping that out of the hands of God and saying this is, this is garbage rather than this is holy and I'm offering it to you. What if the widow who only had two mites left would have sat around and cursed her two mites and said, this won't buy anything. This is worthless to me. This is this. This is that. Instead, she took what little she had and put it in the hands of God, blessed it, so to speak, oh, yeah. in the hands of God, and it became much in the hands of God. Uh, I just have a hard time seeing that woman starve after that. Come on. <laughs> I've, I've watched this sort of thing happen I, as a youth pastor oh, yeah. for you know nine and a half years or whatever. We, we would you know, talk to young people about going to youth camp and, you know, $350, $400 to go to camp and kids are, you know, going, I, I don't got money. it. I don't got it. And so, you know, we've, we've preached messages over the years about, you know, changing what you think about in your pocket. You know, if your yeah. pocket change is only change, or if it was actually seed that was going to have a harvest that was going to produce something Come in your on. life, you know, you can literally change what you think about by what, you know, and what you say about it and what you do with it. And I've seen people literally give two rolls of pennies before, and it's just, that's all I could give and watch God do the rest. And God has done incredible things sure. to getting people, you know, to places, missions, trips, the same thing. People go, man, I know God spoke to me. I'm going to do what I can do. I can, you know, I can give, I'll, I'll put my hundred dollars in the pot and believe God, you know, and they watch and just see people, you know, come alongside and partner with them and just watch what God can do when we'll get the, 
the little things and make them into the biggest thing. You know, your littlest thing is actually the best seed that you could put in the ground. You put it in the ground, it's going to grow. It's got harvest. It's got, you know, there's something tied to that. Your future might be tied to that seed. And um, it may not be dollars and cents. It might be your time. Maybe you'll sow some time. You go, man, I never have enough time. I can't do this and I can't do that. You know what? Maybe sow some time into somebody else and think about somebody else for a bit and see what God would do. I trust that God will be faithful to accomplish more than you could ask, think, or imagine. Wow, that's awesome. Little is much when it when you give it to Jesus. I think it's so beautiful there. Uh, and just see, hearing the testimonies and, you know, I'll just say this one more time. When you give all you have, something, there's something there. Now, I'm not talking to everybody out there, liquidate your, your finances. But we have opportunities when we're at our worst. Yeah. That would be much more difficult when we're at our best. Well, I mean, for example, let's just say I'm at my best. Um, I'm I'm not, but you know, let's say I am. Well, I've got to give away a house, a truck, uh, stuff like a house oh, yeah. full of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I own a little piece of property up on North Merritt Island. You start going down, it would take quite a bit of gathering for me to give away everything I have. Yeah. But there were times in my life when I reached into my pocket and that was everything I had. Yeah. Well, I was driving a truck, but I owed thousands and thousands of dollars on it was upside down. Yeah. You know, when you have an opportunity to give all you have, there's something crazy. And I don't know if that's a word for one person out there or two. I know that's not something that's easy to do or we do all the time or you might only do that once in your lifetime. But as a teenager, you get that opportunity more. And I just encourage you to take the opportunities when you're able. Yeah. And you know what? God is so faithful. Mm. The scripture says that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, uh, you know, go for it. That's what I say. Just go for it with Jesus and watch what he does. We need to get to a break and uh, we'll come back and close out the show. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. 
Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, The Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Imagine what Brevard County could be like if we would minister to the homeless and those suffering from life-controlling behaviors. Please join Overlook Ministries at our annual Fiesta Dinner on October 19th at 7 p.m. in the East Coast Christian Center Avenue to see how you can make a difference. Once again, that's October 19th at 7 p.m. in the East Coast Christian Center Avenue. The need is great and the time is now. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Brown, what were you saying during the break about the part that stood out to you? Well, verse 14, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowds and stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And you know that compassion word is a, is a moving word. It, um, hopefully today as we go through our day, maybe your evening, whatever time you're getting the show, Maybe you'd be you'd pray and say, God, where where do I need to be moved, and in what direction should I be moved with compassion, and who? Maybe you look around a bit. Maybe you take some time today and just walk slow and look around a bit. That's an incredible leadership principle. If you mm. just walk slow and look around, you might actually God might actually poke your heart. He might prick something in you mm. that you could minister to somebody. Maybe it would be laying your hands on somebody and you know pray for somebody today. Maybe it would just be giving. Maybe it'd be you know believe in God uh, for something to break through in some circumstance or some situation you see around you. I would just encourage you that when you step out, you know what? God's going to show up. God will do his thing. And um, let him and the power of Jesus and the resurrected Christ work in your life and watch what happens in your community around you. I think incredible things will happen. I trust that that will be the case. And I think we're closing out the show now. We are. We, uh, we'll see you soon. God, God bless, bless you guys. You guys. Have, Have a great, great day. day. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.